Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Hello, and a big shout out to my international audience and fans. I want to thank all of my listening audience for your support and tuning into the Transformation for Success show each week. And just as a reminder, I'm live on the Empowerment Channel Tuesdays at noon and live on the Women's Channel on Fridays at noon, and that's Pacific Standard Time. So, Both shows will be available for downloading shortly after the last show. I'm also available on iTunes, Transformation for Success. I want you to share with your colleagues and friends. I'll keep those emails and responses coming to my email at info at transformationforsuccess.com. You know, I am so excited because today I have a great guest. In today's music industry, jazz has the broadest perspective of all genres in music since its first note to the present day. And some of the famous greats that I can name that I know of, and that's taking me back in the day, are Charles Mingus, Paul Chambers, Ron Carter, Dave Holland, Ray Brown, Stanley Clark, and the list goes on. But let me tell you, today I have in the studio one of the most famous of that group, Mr. Bunny Brunel, who is the rare musician who makes his bass sing. So when it comes to bass, Bunny Brunel is the gardener and one of the great minds who's created a movement from defining his signature style on fretless, upright, and electric basses to actually authoring numerous instructional books on bass techniques and theory. There is no end to this man's musical mind. He is definitely a genius. I had the pleasure of meeting him in person, so I am so excited today to introduce to my listeners today, Mr. Bunny Brunel. Hi, Bunny. How are you? Hello, Barbara. I'm just fine. I mean, you're talking about me like if I was some kind of a god. But, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, are a musical you know, genius, I, you know. How, how do you know, Bunny, that can only not only design their instruments, but build them too? And that is something you do. So I, I'm just so excited. And for listeners out there, this is a show for everyone. The young, the bold, the restless, and the jazz music lovers. So I want you to call your friends, tell them they've got to listen in to this show today. So Bunny is going to share his transformational journey in the music industry and how he became what is called the masterful bass bass sorcerer. So Bunny, it's great again to have you on the show. So I want you to sort of share a little bit uh, about who is Bunny Brunel. I knew you were born in the south of France and your first instrument was the piano. And because your mother was such a huge jazz fan, you got exposed to jazz at a very, very young age. So share a little bit about yeah, she, that. Yeah, she used to uh, listen to the radio, you know, and put on mm-hmm. the jazz. And uh, she liked, uh, you know, Glenn Miller, you know, Louis Armstrongs and things like that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, also uh, she liked uh, a different, a lot of different people that played at the time, uh-huh. and uh, uh, 
I, you know, just, just listen to something. People don't realize whatever you're playing to the kids when they're growing up, they, you know, they, they're going to remember. It's going to touch them. It's very mm-hmm. important to play music with a high uh, <clears throat> vibration resonance, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to play classical music, you know. It's good for the de- development of the brain. And mm-hmm. jazz is a complex music also. It's very, very good as well. So um, I think it's a, it's a good thing to do that when you grow up and uh, your parents play some really quality mm-hmm. music. I think it's better for the develop, uh, development of the, uh, the kid's uh, brain, you know. I, that's, that's my point. So as I say, my mother used to, you know, iron and have the music. And for some reason, I, I had, a, you know, the inclined to I was listening to that, so I liked it, you know. So, oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, one day she got me, uh, uh, for, first when I was six years old, uh, they sent me to the classical conservatory, so they teach you how to read music. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, there was no instrument, we just to doing solfeggio, you know, <clears throat> and things like that. And uh, after that, uh, you know, she we didn't have much money, so she made a little bit of money uh, because one of our, our clients, she was doing seamstress work, uh, was teaching piano, so I ended up having maybe a year of uh, lessons on the piano, mm-hmm. and uh, she couldn't afford it, so I keep banging by myself on the piano, and uh, <laughs> I figure out things, you know, harmony and all that, just uh, banging on the piano, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> that's uh, something that lasts quite a while. Then when I was uh, in college, I went to a specialty college for hotel business. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because uh, I know everything about hotels, from making up the rooms to the direction, the, even the accounting and things like that. And uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, you learn. I learned how to, to cook. So and because it was kind of artistic, you know, cooking, you know. So I ended up yes. liking the uh, liking the cooking more. So I ended up doing some jobs after I graduate from that college, I ended up uh, doing some jobs as a, as a cook in some really famous uh, South of France restaurant, Palm Beach oh, and Grand wow. Canary Cap and places like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm basically, uh, people that know, I'm basically what you call a gourmet chef, you know, so, but wow. I just usually just keep it for my, uh, my friends and all that. So I don't want to do that job at all. But uh, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, that when I was in college, <clears throat> When I was in mm-hmm. college, uh, one day uh, I found a, a, a guitar, an acoustic guitar with the, the headstock was broken. Somebody threw it away. So I took the guitar and brought it to a friend of mine as a cabinet maker. And uh, he fixed it. He made, he made a headstock and then I bought the strings, the mechanics, and I stopped, you know, strumming on the guitar, you know. <laughs> and uh, suddenly I saw that the, the, they had a band at the college, you know. And mm-hmm. they were looking for a guitar player, you know, to come, you know. So I got the gig, you know. I went <laughs> and uh, there's some picture on my. If you look on my, if you look at my site, you can see the picture of me with a guitar and a really like a dark right, glasses looking really I cool. Did. Yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, uh, and one day they told me, oh, listen, you know, uh, this one of the the, the, the student here is going to come and play the bass for us. I said, oh, great, great, great. got a bass player. Oh, great. So he said, here is some money. Go to that place and go rent an acoustic bass. So I went, you know, to the place and brought back an acoustic bass, you know. And uh, here's the, here the bass. I have the bass. He said, well, <laughs> you know what? 
he's not going to, he decide not to come to do it. So why don't you play the bass? That's how I became a bass player. I said, okay. I became a bass player. <laughs> and I started on the acoustic bass, you know, <laughs> just by here like that, playing with a terrible technique. So after, shortly after, I went to the conservatory, classical conservatory, to learn actually how to play the instrument. They showed me, a, you know, the fingerings, the, the, you know, how to use the bow and all that. And it was a three years, a three years course. And uh, so the first, when I start first year, the first month I was in the first year. And then they find out, uh, uh, no, we got to move into the second year. <laughs> so wow. the second month I was in the second year. And on the third month, they moved me to the third year. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely wow. have something going on with the bass, you know, so... <laughs> So anyhow, and that's what it is. And on, on top of it, when I was uh, going back to the ba- to the band, you know, the one of them, one of the students had an electric bass, so he lent me an electric bass. So I stopped playing with the electric bass and all that. And as soon as I couldn't make some money, I bought myself, a, a, you know, it was a, some kind of a Japanese imitation of a Fender at the beginning. And mm-hmm. uh, so I played with that, with an amplifier, whatever, you know. And then finally, uh, I bought myself a Fender Precision for about $50 or something like that, or somebody, a musician, was selling it. So, And I played that bass for quite a while, took up the frets, made it fretless, you know, cut a little bit of the pieces on the bottom to be able to go higher on the neck with the right position. And uh, you can see some video with uh, Chick Corea on the internet. I'm playing that bass that I, a friend wow. of mine well, played you know- paint in black. It's a, it's a precision fender that I kind of uh, had some pickups and all that, and uh, I made it fret, and that's what I was doing. Because well, I, you know, something I, I want to know, you know, one of the things about jazz, uh, you know, they talk about jazz is sort of a, a union of African and European music. And from African music, jazz got its rhythm and feel. Did you did you feel that you were, you know, getting into this rhythm and feel of this and that that was the spark for you, that you got that rhythm? Yeah, and maybe- as, I, as, I say, as I say, if you listen to uh, uh, jazz, like I say, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Glenn Miller, you know, Maurice Armstrong, all those people, uh, you, you get the feel because you, you can feel it, you know where it is. So for me... It was logical to play that. And then with the, that band that I played at the college, we ended up playing, uh, making, a, making a jazz trio. And we mm-hmm. used to play a, a, it's up like a, a, a Tech Five, you know, Dave Brubeck. We used to play some uh, uh, straight ahead stuff. Uh, I remember the record uh, was called Night Train from uh, um, yeah. the, the name, the name escaped me, the pianist. Uh, what's his name? Damn. Anyway, uh, from anyway, so playing all that music, I was listening to uh, Sam Jones was the bass player, and I was copying copying the bass line of Sam Jones, and then later mm-hmm. on Ray Brown. You know, wow. that was the uh, <laughs> that was the whole thing. So just playing and uh, uh, kept playing like that, and uh, uh, most of it was uh, def- definitely I could read music and all that, but. Uh, uh, I played by here most of the thing. I would learn, listen, oh, that's what they're doing. And I could hear the thing by here, you know. But uh, because, as I say, I banged on that piano for a long time, I figured out harmony with it. 
I would understand the harmonic, you know, mm-hmm. systems. Uh, I could, uh, you know, solo with the, uh, because I knew what to go. You play a chord, I can hear the scale that goes through the chord, which is an advantage. If I, now, if I see the chord written, I know what it's going to be, you know. And that's why I mm-hmm. started writing books for people because uh, I figured if I explain to people what I'm doing, you know, that I learned by myself, it'll be easier than trying to go through a classical mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. and uh, having, because people do not understand that uh, classical music, all the explanation and the theory is always based at the beginning with the Baroque system. Yes. The Baroque yes. system is a beautiful system that was uh, making so, so much amazing music. Johann uh, Sebastian Bach, you know, I mean, that guy was improvising. He was like a jazz guy. He used to go uh, and on the organ, he would improvise following those rules. Like, it's incredible, right. you know. But, uh, uh, you know, the problem, if you just base everything with that, you're going to have to make some... Add more explanation and more explanation and more explanation when you go forward because it doesn't fit the other thing. Mm-hmm. To give you an example, you have the melodic minor scale, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't know where to put it. So they tried to put it, I'm talking the time of Johann Sebastian Bach, they're trying to put it, uh, you know, to be the sixth of the key, you know, like you know, the minor, right, you know, you know right, but it didn't right. fit, so they went up. Melodic minor, and when they went back with the uh, with the minor, which is the Orient mode, you know, and they couldn't really use that. You know, you have a Fantasia Chromatica of uh, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, where he used that scale at the beginning, and then he plays and he never used it to do all the tune. He's just using it as a, an introduction because he had no idea to really make it fit. You know, so but it took you, a while for yeah. people to realize, you know, uh, where it was feeding. Then you have Sostakovich start to put the, you know, the diminished scale and things. They were introduced. So it's easier when I explain people through my book how to do it because I'm looking at the music from the other side. I'm not looking it through the Baroque system, but uh, right. I'm right. from the top well, down t- instead of the bottom <clears throat> up. So it's easier to understand because you end up understanding the, the Baroque system. It's not complicated at all, you know. So uh, I was good at it. So that's why I stopped writing to explain people what I was doing because I right. could do it by right. ear. Like if you play any chord, I can hear the scale that goes through it, you know. Okay. And most jazz people are like that. Stanley is like me, you know. You're playing a chord, a couple of chords, you know, you can hear the scale. You does not need anybody to tell him what it is. We'll hear it. We, we know well, Bunny, what, what, what to I want to stop you there for a quick minute yes. because uh, we're going to take a quick break in a few minutes. But one of the thing that you, things that you're talking about and I want to know is that, you know, when we talk about jazz, what sets it apart is what you've been talking about. And that's that cool thing called improvisation, improvisation. Yes. And so that means making it up on the spot. Obviously, you had that talent of being able to not able to read music, but to really have that cool thing called improvisation, which you could do. And that's what means making it on the spot. I I think you're just absolutely fantastic. We're going to talk about how you met Chick Corea and how you and he partnered and you played with him for over a decade. And of course, Mm -hmm. 
made yourself acquainted with all of these famous greats that you've played with over the years. So we're going to take a quick break. Listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be back with my guest, Mr. Bunny Brunel. So thank you. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and did I mention dream connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the voiceamerica.tv network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to my Transformation for Success show today. We have on the in the studio my guest, Mr. Bunny Brunel, who is that rare musician. He's a bassist who makes his bass sing. So he's one of those great minds that has created a movement from defining his signature style on fretless, upright, and electric bassist to authoring several instructional books on bass techniques. So we're welcoming you back for the second part of my show today. So, Bunny, we were talking about how you got started, uh, really, at a very young age, and how your mother was very much into jazz, and you heard this, and it made quite a mark on you. And then you started your world really going to a college where you... <laughs> Almost became a chef. You got into the hotel business, uh, a specialized college for hotels. And then you picked up an instrument that needed to be fixed. I'm sort of capitalizing this for all of those who did not hear the first section of the show and how you got into becoming a bassist with a broken down guitar that you had fixed and you learned to play on it. It is so exciting. So how did you learn and where did you learn the bowing technique and who were some of your early influences from which you drew that from? Well, I, you know, the name of the of the teacher was Mr. Marillier. Mr. Mm-hmm. Marillier is from the the conservatory in Nice, south of France. He was mm-hmm. the best teacher, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, he's the one who showed me how to use the bow and all that, the technique, the fingerings mm-hmm. and things like that, and. Uh, uh, that's basically what it is. Uh, listen, I didn't really try, listen to too many people playing the bow. 
you know, for the tribes, because there's not too many. You have Slam Steward, who used to improvise singing and playing with the, with the bow. That was quite amazing. Mm-hmm. And the, the, one of the greatest one is Miroslav Vitush, that ended up creating uh, with uh, uh, Wayne Shorter and uh, uh, Joe Zawinul, they created Weather Report. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used to play on stage with the other uh, the pride bass with the bow and the wawa, which is uh, really hard for the feedback that thing. I don't know how he could manage, you know. So I think that was my my favorite one, you know, definitely. The guy was <laughs> he's still amazing. Yeah, I think he's still the best 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 one soloing with the bow, you know. That guy is uh-huh, really right. incredible. That, so that's uh, interesting. But, uh, I'm not really uh, I can play, you know, things like that, and but. Uh, it's not my specialty at all playing with the bow, uh, uh, but uh, I really en- enjoy listening to people who are really good at it. Stanley mm-hmm. plays pretty well with the bow as well, you know. So it's like uh, yeah. if I have to play the, something with the bow, I'm going to have to practice for a week, you know, <laughs> to get the chops back, you know, because it's not something that uses all the time. If you're only a couple of notes, I can do it, but if it gets complicated, I'll have to practice again to get the, uh, you know, Right. The right sound and things like that. And uh, you were mentioning that I said that uh, improv- improvisation, you know, you mentioned, and it's true, jazz, the things, the improvisation. But I, I mentioned, you know, you know uh, Johann Sebastian Bach was actually improvising. He would wow. go to the church and he would start, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, after that he started writing the thing down, but he was uh, improvising. There's another person nowadays that is like that, that can improvise some kind of symphony things on the piano is Patrick Moraz. He used oh. to play the keyboards with Yes and then the Moody Blues. And mm-hmm. uh, that guy can get on, you put him on the piano and he starts playing and it sounds like a, a classical composition. He comes up with some amazing wow. things, that guy. That's amazing. Everything by here. Is quite, quite incredible. But the jazz is just the sound, you know, with the beat behind it, with the swing mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and then nowadays, as I say, you know, I was a part of the, some of the creation of the, of the fusion, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's just like some rock beats or some funk beats that with the jazz changes. And uh, you have the melody, we have a construction, constructive melody and things like that. And then there is the solos, you know, the guitar player solos, the piano solos or the saxophone and even the bass solos. And that's, uh, that's the idea of uh, improvisational uh, things that uh, mm-hmm. related to uh, jazz, you know, right there. So uh, and, uh, uh, at the beginning, uh, I have to mention, you know, at the beginning when I stopped playing, you know, I was uh, playing the bass. I used to listen to bass solos, and mm-hmm. uh, they sounded like, a, like it was a mystery for me. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, I couldn't understand. So I stopped practicing because I wanted to sound like a, uh, I want to sound mm-hmm. like Herbie Hancock playing the solo or John Coltrane. I wanted yeah. to do that. So I started practicing, you know, like uh, 10 hours a day. I would wake up in the morning, have a breakfast, play the bass, then lunch and play the bass and then dinner and play the bass. That's all I was doing. And uh, mm-hmm. just, that's what I tell people. You have to do what excites you the best way you can with no expectation, but keep doing it. Don't listen to other people. For instance, mm-hmm. I went to the school because my parents wanted me to have a job. Right. So I did right. the job for the parents. I have the diploma 
And when I had the diploma and everything, they were happy. I had the diploma. All right. And then I went to do what I wanted, which was music. Yes. You understand? Yes. So uh, yes. you have to keep going, doing things, what you believe. Don't listen to other people's beliefs. This is their lives. This is their experience. And that experience has nothing to do with you. Of course, they're going to tell you, don't put your hand on the fire, you're going to burn. That, that you listen to them right there. You know, it's a logical thing. But uh, when you're talking about creation, talking about mm-hmm. making something that really excites you, just do what you want to do the way you want to do it. But, uh, you, you know, Bunny, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up. Not to interrupt you, but I'm glad you brought this up because it was one of the questions that I really wanted to ask you because I know from talking with you and, and, and knowing a little bit about your story ahead of this show was that you had talked about how you were sort of propelled, you weren't sort of, you were propelled to a career and get a good job and uh, this thing about music. You can't make a living uh, you know, playing music. And that is still a, a constant theme today with many parents, I know, with a lot of children who are creative, who want to do something with their lives. I've met many of them who'll say, my parents want me to become an accountant, want me to go to business school so that I get a good job. And so, so for you to say this, to be yourself, to follow your passion, because that's, you know, I always say if you follow the passion, that's where the money is. I mean, you know, it's not yes, about following no. the money. Uh, yeah, the universe going to give you what you need to do it. And don't, mm-hmm. you, you cannot listen to other people's beliefs, of their beliefs. And if you look yes. at the result of their life, usually they end up being retired and they have, you know, the money on the bank and all that, but they miss something and they, they wish they had done something before because uh, they didn't pursue the excitement. You, and the, the main key, you have to pursue it with no expectation whatsoever. I'm the best example of it. As I told you, I was just practicing. I wanted to solo like a saxophone, like, you know, practicing like that. And, but I didn't have any, I didn't know I was going to play with Chikoria, Harbi, and Coco, all those people. You know, I just wanted to be the best doing what I want to do. That's it. I have no expectation whatsoever. And then I ended up, I was playing in uh, London, Ronnie Scott Club in London. That's the most mm-hmm. famous jazz club in London. I played over there with a great pianist from Brazil, Tania Maria. Mm-hmm. Singer and pianist, amazing. And with mm-hmm. a great, one of the greatest French drummer is from my hometown, Andre Cecorelli. So we were playing the trio and all that. And every night, you know, had a, a, there's a guy every night who was there with a glass of cognac, you know, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was, you know, there telling me, oh man, you know, this, this only, he said, this only like Stanley, Jacko and Jeff Berlin and you, and that's it. And I was, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Wow. sure. <laughs> that, that was, that was Patrick Moraz. Oh, you know, wow. It was Patrick Moore, as I found out who he was after that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, he, that was the whole week, you know. You play uh, the whole week over there. And on Saturday night, he said, oh, I'm sorry, tomorrow I'm not going to be able to come. I said, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go see Chikoria. I said, oh, great, that's a better idea. Go see Chikoria. <laughs> and he said, no, no, but I- I'm going to bring it here. He has to listen to you. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Bring the whole band. <laughs> you know, I had no idea, you know. And uh, in fact, the Chikoria, 
it's when uh, Stanley uh, had uh, the album School Days and he left doing his own tour. And mm-hmm. he, was, Stan, he was looking for a bass player to replace Stanley. And uh, he auditioned a lot of people in Los Angeles and things like that and couldn't really find somebody that he liked. And so he went down to listen to me and he said, oh, oh that's the guy I need. That's how I uh, met Chikoria. And uh, like a, a month later, he, he, he called me to come and record a secret agent and tour with him. In, uh, it was August 1978. You know, so wow. uh, the, thing, wow. the thing came up like that, which is, uh, but as I say, uh, I never had the thing, oh, I'm going to play that, I'm going to play with so-and-so. And uh, I did play with some great players. I played with uh, uh, Dizzy Gillespie in Monte Carlo. In Nice, mm-hmm. I played with Milk Jackson. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, I played wow. with some great players. I played with uh, Steve Grossman in Paris. They used to play sax with Mal- for Malzivis. I played mm-hmm. with some great players, you know, and all yes, that. You did. People knew when yeah. they were looking for a bass player, they would tell them, oh, you got to call that guy, you know. But I had no uh, idea I would uh, end up playing with Chick Corea, then Tony Williams, and then uh, Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, you know, yeah. Jack yeah. and all those some people. Of the great, some and, of the uh, great. Uh, you understand what I mean? It's just yes. you pursue your excitement the best way you can with whatever you have. With no expectation, the universe is going to put you at the right place at the right moment. I believe that. I absolutely am a firm believer in that. Uh, and when we talked to earlier, you also met the famous Jaco Pastorius, um, who passed yeah. in 1987. Gosh, he was only 35 years old, but he still... Uh, is one of the influential, as I understand it, electric bassists in jazz. So you had a chance yeah. to work with him. You know, he used to say he was the greatest bass player in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just like that's the way he was. That's the way he was. That's the personality. You know, it's just that some people they they they, they have to say that in order to get the thing going on, and I totally understand it. You know, so uh, uh, the first time I heard Jacko. He was uh, the pianist friend of mine, uh, Daniel Goyon, you know, mm-hmm. that one day came to my house, knocked on the door, so I went down, I opened the door, and he was there with a, you know, with an album. He said, oh, hey, man, listen, there's a guy who plays like you. And he gave me the album. It was Jacko. <laughs> so, and I went and listened to the album. It's like, oh, my God, the sound and the melody, what I loved it was the melody, the that guy was so melodic, and I used to play like the bat out of hell, you know, all the time. And then I say, oh, no, 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 that's the way, you know, he's right. You know, just play some beautiful melody, and that uh, uh, helped me becoming a very melodic player. And mm-hmm. what's funny, when I played with Chikoria, I would play solo, he would keep saying, melodies, play some melodies, man. So, uh, and I really got the, the message really well. <laughs> And I end up being a very melodic player thanks to these two guys. Well, that's <laughs> you know? great. Listen, what but, was the, what was the yeah. greatest challenge you had to face, um, Bunny? What was one of the greatest challenges you had to face uh, while you were, you know, traveling? Did you have family? Did you have one? Uh, you know, well, the, the, the challenge is always traveling. When you're touring, mm-hmm. when you're going on tour, you know, people understand it's really grueling, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, hotel lobbies, 
club, hotel lobbies, airport. Hotel mm-hmm. lobby, you know, I mean, it's just like after a while, it really gets very old. And okay. uh, lately, it's even worse with mm-hmm. going to the securities and things like that. So some people think, oh, yeah, I would like to tour, I would like to tour, yeah. Uh, I really get tired very quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> was this, uh, so, was uh, this something you had to overcome? And we're going to share with that when we come back. We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk okay. about some of the most satisfying moments that you've had in your life and some of the success strategies that you're going to share that will help young men and women who have an interest in becoming musicians today, be it jazz, rock, or contemporary. So we're going to take a break and share a little bit more about your fighting spirit, because you have one, that's for sure. And uh, I want to thank you again for just being on the show today and sharing from your heart. And the message is so clear that from you, if you should follow your passion and the universe will open up for you. So we're going to be right back in a few minutes. Okay. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Looking for something new and exciting? It's finally here. Yes, introducing a new internet TV network. Transformation Success with founder, president, CEO, and Voice America radio talk show host, Dr. Barbara Young. So listeners, you can now see Dr. Young each week on her new show, The Total Woman, along with her co-hosts from around the globe. And there are several channel categories to engage you, such as financial, health and wellness, personal empowerment, music to inspire, inspiration and motivation, career, professional development, and Did I mention Dream Connections? This is your personal invitation to view the Transformation Success TV Network each week on Fridays for your viewing pleasure at the VoiceAmerica.tv Network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. And welcome back to my show today with my great guest, Mr. Bunny Brunel. You know, Bunny talks about a seed is planted and a movement is created. And behind that movement, the greatest minds exist. This is something he stated to me. But when it comes to the base, Bunny Brunel is the gardener and one of these great minds. From defining his signature style on fretless, upright, and electric basses to authoring numerous instructional books on bass techniques and theories, there's no end to this man's musical mind. So we have been so delighted and fortunate to have him on the show today to share his transformational journey. And Bunny, again, I want to thank you for being on the show today. This has been so delightful. And so to continue in this last segment, What have been the most satisfying moments 
in your music career? Because you have made such an impact on so many lives just across the world. What has been the most satisfying moment of your life? <laughs> well, I've, you know, this, I want to mention a couple of things because, sure. uh, you know, this, so mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to have, have had so many of them. But first, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like a, a arriving, you know, at the airport in Los Angeles. Somebody come to pick me up. I, it was a long flight. They made me go through London and whatever and uh, whatever. It was a very long mm-hmm. flight. And mm-hmm. I arrived. In, I didn't sleep like, for 30 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I arrived in Los Angeles and they took me to the studio and uh, yeah, plug in, you know, at my little amplifier, plug in the amplifier and recording. <laughs> and for eight hours. I was in the studio recording. That was the, uh, for that album, Secret, Secret Agent. You know, the first tune that I played was actually Central Park. is on that record, you know. So that was like a, you know, so you've got to do it. You're not going to sleep. You know what I mean? You, yes. It's just like <laughs> a do it or die. You've got to do it, and you're doing it. You put it, in a, you know, in a, in a position. You do you do the thing, you know, that's, a, uh, that's what's uh, uh, it's so important, you know, and it's just like, you're not thinking or whatever, you just do it, you know, so just do th- it. that was uh, definitely very, very exciting, you know, mm-hmm. so some, some stuff, but uh, all the, 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 the pleasure to play with these people with the algebra and, the, uh, you know, so many people, it was just, it's all, all enjoyable, but one of the most, uh, Something that was incredible, as I told you, I never expected things like that. I used mm-hmm. to listen to the two first uh, Return to Forever album, which were with uh, Flora Purim, and uh, you know, it was like a Brazilian thing with Aito Moreira and Joe uh-huh. Farrell and Stanley Clark. And uh, I used to listen to these uh, things as I loved it with the music and all that, the songs and all that. Oh, you listen to that song. And, uh, uh, one day, you know, Stanley calls me and says, oh, hey, hey Bunny, uh, we're going to do a concert, you know, at the, uh, we're going to do a concert with the Ayrton and all that, but I cannot do the rehearsal. Can you go for me at the rehearsal? I say, yes, of course, you know. So it's like looking at something in a bubble. You have something that you cannot touch in a bubble, you know, and I ended up being in the bubble. I was in the, stu- in the studio rehearsing, you know, with SIR Studio mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, you know, right there playing the bass. And it was funny because the chicks say, oh, hey, Bunny, uh, here's the, here, here's the, here are the, ch- the chops for you. And I told him, I don't need any chops. <laughs> I knew them by heart. I knew all the, all the tunes. I knew them all. They are on it. You know, I'm fine. Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> so he was laughing. So he, he stopped playing, and I just, you know, killed the rehearsal. I knew exactly what to do. <laughs> but, okay, so that was one. That, that was like a really. You know, I mean, you understand. You're looking at something like the big statue. You know, oh my God. And then, uh, you know, suddenly you, you were there. <laughs> it's just like, so that was uh, the most memorable one, I would say. I think But that's I've many more. I had many more playing at the Madison Square Garden with Herbie Hancock, Wayne Shorter, Jack Dijonette, and uh, Nathalie Cole. 
you know, for the Grammys. Oh, wow. I, Gerard. You know, People can oh. see that on, on my site, bunnybrunel.com, you know. So that was also, I mean, all those things were the, uh, so many of them. So many of them. I'm very fortunate. That's why I tell people, please pursue your excitement. Do not listen to other people's beliefs. Your beliefs, your beliefs are what creates your life. Nobody's doing it for you. We have some way to do it. Some people, they're praying, uh, some deity, some Jesus, some whatever, but it's, which works. It's okay. But they basically praying to their higher self and the really concentrating of what the excitement is, and that's what it happens. Praying works. It doesn't matter. You know, it works. But if you understand now the whole system, like I say, you create your own life with your beliefs. Whatever you believe, that's what's going to be happening. You have to keep understanding that. That makes it simple. If you want to, if you want to uh, uh, chant Namio Regekyo, do it. It works. You want to pray Jesus Christ, pray, pray Jesus Christ. It, but if you understand the system, then it'll be easier for you to create what you want. But so you I believe, no yeah, you believe that you can do yeah. anything that you want to do once you exactly. make your mind and believe you can do it. Exactly. That's what and I hear you say. Stop being a belief thief of other people's beliefs. Stop that. You know, you're making your music. Don't listen to the oh, you know. Oh, if you want to really sell, you're going to have to put some rap. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> do what excites you. If it's rap, well, do rap. But you understand what I mean? You don't have yes, to do that yes. because uh, Joe Blow is telling you that's the way you have to do it. Because it's, it's no. totally preposterous. You know, you do what you want to do the way you want to do it and don't listen to other people. That's their beliefs and that's their lives. It's not yours. You know, I think one of the things that's that's very exciting and you didn't really talk about it uh, or say maybe, it, you know, because you've done so much, though, my goodness, was actually um, scoring films. Uh, you actually collaborated and performed the theme for Clint Eastwood's, um, his Oscar-winning masterpiece called The Unforgiven. How could you forget that? Wasn't that interesting? I mean, you yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, so, uh, I met Clint Eastwood at a club. It was called Dante's that was on Lancashire a long time ago. It's unfortunately closed. Mm -hmm. uh, um, the owner passed away, whatever. And uh, he was there, you know, because he liked to go over there because he loves jazz. He actually plays piano. And he used mm -hmm. to come with his son and daughter, you know, and uh, over there. And that's where I met him. And uh, one day he just called me and asked him, oh, you know, um, my son plays the bass. Uh, should I send him to the Musician Institute or whatever? I, say. I told him, no, no, send it to me. And uh, mm -hmm. I actually started teaching his son how to play the bass. And uh, he's uh, touring all over the world now. He plays acoustic bass and electric bass. His name is oh, wow. Kyle Eastwood. And uh, so I know the whole oh, family yeah. because I was uh, always teaching the son and things like that. And uh, mm -hmm. one day he asked me, you know, oh, you, you wanted me to do the music of that movie. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one of brothers said, oh, it's your big comeback. You cannot use somebody we don't know, whatever. But he asked me to, he played me a melody on the piano in his office over there, and uh, which is Claudia's theme. So when I make up, uh, I made up the guitar part with the thing in the, uh, I uh, recorded uh, some with the arpeggios and things like that. And you can actually see there's a little video on my 
outside when I'm uh-huh. recording uh, that like that. But uh, they okay. actually use uh, uh, they actually use uh, I don't remember his name the guy uh, that he used before to do the the music he did in one. I was going to do that would be fantastic, but uh, Warner Brothers had another another idea. And uh, but it was nice of him to let me uh, do that and actually play in a bass section with his son. We played. With the Arco, you know, so we played uh-huh. in, the, in that movie in the bass section. But uh, that's yes, uh, that, that's what it was. He played the melody, and I just made the thing with the guitar part and made the chart and all that that he used to make all the arrangement and all that. That's it. You know, but, so. I think it's great, uh, Bunny, because again, you're showing or you're sharing how things happen. Uh, you didn't necessarily pursue them and, you know, run after yes. them. But exactly. the door opened, exactly. and there were opportunities, and you were able mm-hmm. to be ready and prepared to take advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, I've heard of Kyle Eastwood. I never connected that that was Clint Eastwood's son. So that mm-hmm. that's interesting. But more importantly, mm-hmm. you're, you're known around the world uh, as one of the four great bassists. And you started the jazz fusion bass movement along with Stanley Clark and Jocko and Jeff. So what was the jazz fusion bass movement? Can you explain that? Well, that's what we were talking about uh, at the beginning. I used to practice because I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted to play uh, like a, if I play the bass, I play the bass because that's something that some of the kids now, they forget to do. They mm-hmm. play at a thousand miles an hour, you know, millions mm-hmm. of notes. And they forget to play the bass. Like they always tell them, no, no. First, you become a bass player. You mm-hmm. what we call the pocket. Nail the mm-hmm. stuff down. Just keep going and just really. And then practice. If you can play a solo, it's great. You can play solos. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was my idea because, as I said, I I came to in 1978. I came to play with the, the, the Chick Corea here, mm-hmm. but I was mm-hmm. 28 I uh-huh. years old. I was 28 years old. I had a career playing a studio musician, playing bass. I used to play in casino playing the bass. I was not playing bass solos, you know. But uh, the idea is just uh, the fusion next that instead of having the the usual bass line, the bass lines became more complicated and Mm -hmm. uh, more funky or things like that. And uh, and then they always gave the, the, the... the bass player to play some melody, uh, unison with the other, with the guitar, things like that. That's uh-huh. what it became. Because before the bass, when I start playing, we didn't have any really microphone. We used to put a microphone. We used to play with a, uh, a blister and a finger trying to, and, uh, going to be heard, but uh, we couldn't really be heard. And uh, if you listen to most of like a John Coltrane record, uh, you know, you have Jimmy Garrison on bass, you know, I mean, you mm-hmm. barely hear the poor guy. Because uh, fortunately, <laughs> with the electric bass, finally we stopped cutting through. And then they stopped making pickups for the acoustic bass that you can hear the acoustic bass. So that's mm-hmm. what created the movement. We stopped moving okay. forward. Instead of okay. being on the back, you know, doing the groove, we became move forward, you know, that's it. Well, that, I mean, I think that's great that you've done that. You know, uh, I also have another question uh, that I wanted to ask you, you know, and I may have asked you this when we met in person about the pick versus the fingers, 
because uh, a lot of the bassists I know with electric guitars now that they play with the pick. What what is your take on a pick versus a, using the fingers? Because one of my friends who's a bass player uses his finger, he uses his thumb, he says, to pick the guitar. Yes. Yes, yes some people play with the thumb. You have a great bass player that did a really great bass line, like uh, Pat Vegas of the group, mm-hmm. the group Redbone. That guy mm-hmm. came up with some great bass line. He plays with the thumb. And it's not slapping. You just play with the thumb. So uh, uh, some people move from the, being a top player, which they used to play the pick, and move to the bass so they play, play with the pick. But most people that are jazz guy who move to play like from the acoustic bass to the electric bass, you know, they play with their fingers. You know, like a, a yes, check right. ring and all that. They play with the right. fingers. You know, they don't play with the... Uh, and uh, uh, Stanley Clark and all that. And then you move to slapping. Forget about the pick. But uh, mm-hmm. there's some people that are amazing with the pick. Anthony Jackson, I think he's one of the greatest bass player playing with the pick. You know, Anthony Jackson. He plays with the fingers as well. But uh, I remember listening to him, uh, you know, money, 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 pong, did it. And you can't really do that with a finger. You can play the line. You have to do it with a pick. Yeah. With a pick, it's got that thing that he's doing. It's like incredible. So there is places for playing with a pick. I have nothing against it. Carol Kay played so many records. You know, she played with the pick. She was a guitar player. She is a guitar player. And uh, she played a lot of sessions that people don't realize, but she could sight read music very well. So they, when they had big arrangements, they would, uh, you know, hire her because she would nail down the bass line. But then she would make bass lines that sounded fantastic. You know, you have like, a, I was made to love her. You know, Stevie Wonder. Yes. Some people think it's uh, somebody else playing the bass. No, no, it's her. And you can really tell because there is a, like a, a couple of bass solo with just the bass. And you can hear it with a pick. <laughs> so well, funny, Jan- you know Jan- what? I'm going to have to close the show for today. I, I, we, uh, I am so enjoying this. I'm going to have to bring you back for part two when you come okay. back from Anytime, Europe. Anytime, darling. Anytime. <laughs> I really, Anytime. really want to thank you so much for coming today and sharing about yourself. And you know what? I'm going to leave the word today with all of my listeners out there. A thanks to Mr. Bunny Brunell for being on the show today. And I leave you with these words. Health. Happiness and success depends upon the fighting spirit of you. Remember, it's not what happens to us in life, but what we do about what happens to us. So I'll see you next week when we'll have another guest on Transformation for Success. Thank you for listening, and I'll look forward to seeing you real soon. And Bunny, goodbye, and thank you so much for being on the show. appreciate you joining us for transformation for success please join your host dr barbara young again next tuesday at 3 p.m eastern time that's 12 noon pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel or join us for our replay every friday at 3 p.m eastern time and 12 noon pacific time on the voice america women's channel have an outstanding week